0: Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Club. We are here to try and help your sports club become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more agile. Today, I'm going to begin with what I reckon is a little bit of a word salad. How about these words sleep, retirement, mental health? I wouldn't have thought any of them are related, but our special guest, Ashley Montero, is about to share why they're related, why they're important, and why you people in sports clubs need to make sure you understand how critical they are in their relationship for their athletes. Let's get into it. I'm Ben Hook. My co-host is the brains behind this organization. He is Flinders University's award-winning researcher and senior lecturer in sport health and physical activity. His name is Sam Elliott. Sam, how are you going? I'm well, thanks, Hookie. How are you? Massive episode today. We're going to be talking about sleep, retirement, and mental health. And the young man who is going to assist us with that conversation is Ashley Montero. Ashley, welcome to Beyond the Club. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself, mate. So I'm currently a PhD student
1: at Flinders rugby player, rugby coach, and just looking at sleep and mental health in sport.
0: Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really interested in uh, what you've got to discuss, which is in particular about sleep, retirement, and mental health. And we're going to talk about some practical takeaways about how you can support your athletes as they transition into retirement, the mental health challenges that they'll be dealing with, and how sleep plays a role in that. And I never would have thought that these are related. Ashley, before we get to you, we have a little topic here, a little subset of the show called The Club of the Day. It's a personal favourite of mine, is it not, Sam?
2: It is your favourite part of the day.
0: It it has become my uh, little baby, if you like. I just want to give a quick shout out to the North Adelaide Football Club, who has appointed to their board, Rebecca Rashid. She's a pretty reasonable name in women's football, SNFLW. She played in a premiership with North Adelaide. You're nodding your head, Sam, like you know who I'm talking about here. The name rings a bell. We've got um,
2: some students here, uh, surname Rashid, and obviously Roger Rashid sponsoring a scholarship here at Flinders as well, looking at some really important sport research. So I'm, I'm nodding because they are
0: synonymous with sport in South Australia. You're not going to believe this, but uh, Rebecca Rashid, not related by blood to Roger Rashid. It's actually her married name. Her maiden name is Redden. She is actually Rebecca Redden. Now, the reason why I think it's interesting, Rebecca Redden, having played in the Premiership in Sandville W, now on the board, she may actually leave a greater legacy at that football club, the North Adelaide Roosters, than her father. Who's her father? Her father is arguably one of the great Roosters of all time. So you've probably got Barry Robrin up on the absolute top echelon. You've got Ken Farmer somewhere. Alongside or just below him. But Mick Redden, for people who follow Sanford football, is an absolute legend of the game. Premiership player, club captain, played over 300 games, an absolute hero of the club. His daughter is Rebecca Rashid. Premiership player at the club and now on the board. So a lovely little family story from Sanford football that perhaps not many people would be aware of.
2: That is fantastic. And if you've got a story or a feel good uh, anecdote around some progress or some achievements in your club, feel free to let us know. Happy to give it a plug on beyond the club.
0: So uh, I think Rebecca may have retired from football as well. So, Your story, Ashley Montero, could be right in her wheelhouse as well as her father, of course, uh, was a legend of the 80s and early 90s and uh, well and truly retired. Now, Ashley, I want to get into the story. Sleep, mental health, retirement, they're three topics, as I said at the top, that I thought were probably not particularly related. How do they intertwine?
1: Yeah, so there's a big relationship between uh, especially sleep and mental health. So there's a bi-directional relationship between the two. If you've got poor sleep, that can negatively impact your mental health and vice versa. So if you've got poor mental health, you're going to get even worse sleep. And that kind of cyclical nature between the two just leads to long-term negative health
0: outcomes. And do they have like a, an ad on top of each other? You've got bad mental health, you sleep poorly, you're sleeping poorly, your mental health goes gets worse, your mental health is worse, so you're sleeping worse. Do, do they just keep building and building and building?
1: Yeah, for sure. If these issues don't get treated, then they just build
2: up on top of each other and then just continue to get worse. Where do athletes come into this? I can understand that. I think anyone, if you're playing sport or not, you know, would appreciate that bad sleep is clearly going to impact your mental health. Where does athletes come into this conversation, you know, as a researcher? Um, So there's kind of two components to it for athletes. So you've got the high pressure environment
1: as an athlete. So you're looking at psychological demands from that aspect. And then in terms of sleep, training schedules and competition times can severely impact your sleeping patterns. So say, for instance, you're a local footy player, uh, you play an evening game on a Saturday night and then you don't get to bed until until late on a Saturday night and then the next thing in the on a Sunday morning you have to get up early for a recovery session.
0: So you're very limited with the amount of sleep you can get and then that just continues to build onto each other. Can I ask a question just on that? Is the recovery session overrated? Are you better off staying in bed and sleeping in than getting up early and doing the recovery?
1: For sure. So uh, we know that... Anecdotally, sleep is the best form of recovery for athletes.
0: Well, that's a really good point because there'll be community clubs out there who think, yeah, getting my guys out of bed on a Sunday morning and doing a recovery session is pretty important. Is that your experience? Is that what you've lived research-wise?
1: Yeah, for sure. Even even personally, having to get up on a Sunday, go to recovery sessions when you're not really feeling, you just want to stay in bed and mm. sleep for a little bit longer when you can also just have a little bit of active recovery after your, your Sunday night game uh, Saturday night game, sorry,
2: and then just sleep for the rest of the, the Sunday morning. It's a complete shift to when I played football. I mean, we had to be up and at the beach at seven AM and or six AM sometimes, depending on how we performed. And mm. if you, you know, as a young person, if you went out and played a game of footy and then went out at night, you might not be getting really any sleep at all. And so I guess, you know, for our local listeners here, Ashley, what are the consequences of poor sleep or reduced sleep. I mean, for some people, it might be four or five hours after a game of football. So what are the consequences of having poor sleep? Um, So there's three main
1: consequences of poor sleep for athletes. So the first one is it impairs athletic performance. So kind of in all aspects of that, you've got impaired accuracy, impaired endurance, strength, and also decision-making. Then you've also got impaired recovery periods where you don't have enough time to rejuvenate the body. And then this can lead to an increased risk
2: of injury as well. So to prevent all of that, I mean, is the the goal eight hours of sleep? I and mean, that's what I grew up learning about just as a young person. I mean, is that, what does the science tell us for athletes in terms of their preparation and also their recovery? How much sleep should athletes be aiming for? So there's
1: actually a literature review done recently. I'm not too sure who exactly it was by, but they found that elite athletes need between seven and a half to nine hours of sleep per night. Wow. So it's it's quite a lot and they've got the extra demands than the general person, so...
2: Yeah, just trying to prioritise that can have big importance for, for everyday performance as well. So just bring the mental health angle of your research into this conversation here. If we understand that sleep is good for sports, sleep is good for athletic performance, it helps with recovery. If you're not getting those seven and a half to nine hours sleep, if you're consistently, you know, people are fam- you know, working multiple jobs, they've got families, those sorts of things, what is the impact? What is the impact on the mental health? What, what are the things that athletes will experience with bad sleep? So we know that bad sleep is linked to things like depression,
1: anxiety. So if you're continuously trying to make up for that sleep debt that you're not getting, um, it adds on to the poor mental health side of things and it can just continue to build up.
2: I feel like I have a lot of sleep debt having four, you know, a couple of kids under four years of age. The last three or four years, not a lot of sleep hooky. So um,
0: when, when was the last time you got those nine hours in, Sam? Pr-
2: probably last night, to be honest. But Oh, really? um... oh you're looking fresh. <laughs> Thank you.
0: (laughs) Ash, don't go away. We are going to a break. We're going to hear a message from the Sammy D Foundation. We've talked a bit about why sleep's important, how it affects mental health. I want to start to bring retirement into the conversation. I'm going to leave that with you as we go to a break and take a message from Sammy D. Hey,
1: it's Rachel from the Sammy D Foundation. I think we can all agree that sporting clubs want to improve their club's culture and to provide an amazing environment for everyone involved. Our national award-winning Monkey See, Monkey Do program does just that, by addressing the actions that are likely to be holding you back. We give you the knowledge and strategies to reduce on and off field violence, address inappropriate sideline behaviour, retain players, members and volunteers and develop positive role models within your club. To find out how your club can benefit from participating in the Monkey See, Monkey Do program, call us on 8374 1678 or find us at sammyd.foundation.org.au.
0: You are listening to Beyond the Club. You're with Ben Hook and Sam Elliott. Our special guest is Ashley Montero. He's uh, the women's coach for the Onkaparinga Rugby Club, but more importantly, he's taking us through all of the challenges around getting enough sleep. How would it affect your mental health if you don't? And we're also going to sort of bring in a third factor, which is retirement. And I'm interested to see how Ashley ties that in. So Ashley, what I'm keen to understand, because I was surprised that you made mention that getting an adequate amount of sleep actually can affect injury prevention. How does that work?
1: Yeah, so basically it, it ties closely into the recovery aspect of it. If you're not getting enough sleep at night, you don't have enough time to repair the
2: muscles I I remember reading an article when Stevie Johnson used to play for the GWS Giants and I couldn't believe what I was reading, Hookie. He was basically diarising what happens after a game of, I think it might have been like a Friday night game of football. Yeah. And there was this long-winded process of recovery, winding down, and inevitably this period of trying to switch off. Ashley, is this a phenomenon when you're looking at athletes and retired athletes, sleep, mental health, is it a challenge? And, And what can we learn about that? What can we potentially do to help athletes switch off and inevitably get to sleep
1: yeah it's a huge challenge so I worked on a bit, a bit of research with some guys at central Queensland University um, and we looked at the sleep behaviors of elite AFL players surrounding competition so we looked at sleep the night before the night of and the night after game um, and basically the main findings are that although players were getting enough sleep the night before a game their sleep patterns the night of the game were significantly impaired so they didn't have enough they had delayed sleep onset time and they also woke up significantly earlier the following morning too.
2: So that kind of ties into the the early morning recovery aspect of it as well. Sure. And, Hooky, I think there'd be a lot of young athletes that would be listening to this. Like they might be nervous before the game mm. and it might impact the ability to go to sleep. They might wake up early because they are in anticipation, maybe some excitement or whatever it might be for the game. But then once the game is had, once they've competed and as you get to the elite level, you might be playing at all sorts of times of the day or the night. Correct. It's a skill, I think, to be able to find a way to sort of transition out of sport and switch off and give yourself a chance to recover through sleep.
0: And yeah, and definitely sleeping the night before. I remember as a cricketer, two nights before, I used to make sure I got a good night's sleep two nights before because I knew full well that I wasn't sleeping the night before a game. I had real trouble with the game playing out in my head, in particular if it was halfway through a game, and I knew I had a key role to play the morning of the next day's play, I was up all night, you know, deliberately trying to work out how can I get this out of my head? And I found a real struggle with that. So I used to find the night before the night before the game was a really important Mm -hmm. sleep night for me to try and bank some, if you like. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about some solutions with you. Just before we do that, Ashley, I just want to get an understanding of how retirement fits in with all of this. So we're talking sleep, we're talking mental health, I think everyone can understand the interpersonal relationship between the two. Where does retirement link in from here? Okay. So basically
1: we know that retirement from sport can elicit psychological distress, especially the the first couple of years after retirement. So particularly for those who have retired by circumstances like injury or delisting, that can be particularly challenging. Stressful. Yeah, for sure. So that kind of ties back to the cyclical nature of sleep and mental health. So... Those who are suffering from mental health issues, kind of worrying about what their life looks like after sport, it can be significantly distressing. Lying awake at night, wondering what's going to happen next in terms of financing, what's going to happen next in terms of their job prospects, and also the social aspect of things. There's a big social withdrawal from sport as well, so wondering what's going to happen there.
0: I just want to one question on this because... Yeah, you're tired. you're struggling to sleep, it's having an adverse effect on your mental health. I'm sure that there's a far more nuanced answer than we can uh, get out of a short, sharp podcast like this. But medication, and I'm not talking about illicit medication, I'm talking about sleeping pills and those sorts of things that often people are prescribed. Was there anything in your research about that? Is there a time for sleeping pills for people in those sorts of circumstances or are they just so dangerous and we've seen the perils of them in the past that you would recommend maybe some other ways and some other solutions that we will get to? Yeah, for sure. Definitely,
1: I think sleeping pills are an option for some people and when they're given under the right circumstances by a medical practitioner or so on, but I think in some certain circumstances, they're often abused by athletes and taking too many at the wrong times And that can can be significantly impairing to their sleep, kind of sleeping too long and things like that. So I think alternatives like meditation
2: and things like that are are definitely better alternatives. Mindfulness practices, those sorts of things. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I've heard of this phrase, Hooky, called sleep hygiene. And my understanding of it is creating a hygienic environment, let's say your bedroom, right, for the purpose of sleep. And so you might remove your phone, as an example, and not have it in your bedroom. Ashley, do you have any advice for people that are athletes, retired or current, that can absolutely relate to this, before the game, after the game, during the week, maybe specific to sport, and they really struggle to sleep? Have you got any tips for them how to create a hygienic sleep environment? Yes, I think the one that you touched on about the phone
1: use is a big one. So try and avoid phone use before bedtime, specifically within that half an hour beforehand. Even putting your phone to the other side of the room So you're not inclined to use it. Can't reach it. Yeah, exactly. And when you're getting up in the morning, you have to get up, go turn the alarm off, and then you're out of bed. Not trying to be in bed when you're not sleeping is another
2: big thing. So it's about habit formation. I mean, you can always go and walk to get your phone, but it's about making it harder, creating some more friction so you're less likely to go and use it. Is that sort of what you're saying? Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm.
0: That's a really good point, Ashley. And probably your recommendation would be don't use your fancy new flip-out mobile phone to watch Netflix in bed. Would that be a good example, Ashley? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, just leaning across to the man on my right-hand side over here, Sam Elliott, who did reveal a little bit earlier today that he maybe he spends a lot of time on his fancy pants mobile phone to watch Netflix in bed. It's not that fancy. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to take a break. We're going to hear a message from the Alcohol and Drug Foundation. On the other side of that, Ashley Montero, our PhD student who knows everything there is to know about sleep in athletes, how it affects their mental health, and how this can be a challenge in retirement is going to give us some practical takeaways on what clubs and sports supporting people can do for their athletes with regard to their sleep health. Back shortly.
2: Hey, this is Christian from the Good Sports
1: program. At Good Sports, we know mental health is just as important as physical health both on and off the field. With one in five Australians experiencing mental ill health every year, it's more important than ever to make sure your club feels safe, connected and supported. That's why at Good Sports we provide a free online mental health learning module to educate players, coaches and parents within your sporting club. Access for free now at goodsports.com.au
0: Fast forward time at Beyond the Club. Ashley Montero is with us. He's talking about sleep. He's talking about retirement, and he is talking about mental health. The fast forward takeaways, Ashley, we try and come up with four sharp, practical, easy to digest points that clubs and athletes can take away as to what are really good ways to improve the particular topic that we're on, of course, today, sleep, mental health and retirement. Give me the number one point that you think would be critical for people involved in sports clubs with regard to sleep, retirement, mental health.
1: So I think the first one would be emphasising how important the relationship is between sleep and mental health, educating people on the risks
0: of not obtaining sufficient sleep and the impacts that that can have on your mental health too. So it is actually incumbent upon clubs, therefore, to be encouraging their athletes get adequate amounts of sleep because that will help their mental health and there's no escaping that
1: yeah for sure so trying to get that seven and a half hours of sleep per night and then trying to get that in a good sleep environment too so not using your phone half an hour before bedtime having dim light settings before bed getting up as soon
2: as you wake up as well um, and trying to get that natural light as soon as you wake up too I think that's interesting because there's a lot of emphasis in sport hooky. I mean, with the episodes we've had so far on mental health and clubs wanting to try and be part of the conversation about promoting really positive mental health and well being with young athletes and with their stakeholders. And yet in these conversations, we haven't heard the word sleep come up really at all. Not once. So I wonder, now that we've had this episode and Ashley's insights and his PhD research on the topic, whether when we talk about mental health and sport, we need to be talking about mental health and also Don't forget this conversation about sleep. It demands, it warrants the same
0: level of attention. So, Ashley, we were just talking before, understand the relationship between sleep and mental health. You did just start to touch on a couple of points about some active things you should be thinking about when you go to sleep if you're aiming for a good night's sleep. And I think we've talked about the practicalities of keeping your phone apart from where you're actually sleeping, whether that's the other side of the room or another room. Just give us that description of maybe even what Sam was touching on about sleep hygiene, about creating an environment that helps you sleep. What are some of the practical examples of that?
1: Yeah, so basically you want to have, your bedroom is just for bedtime. You don't wanna be going into bed, laying in bed for an hour and then trying to go to sleep. So getting into bed to go to sleep, not having your phone on you for the half an hour before you go to bed and just put it on the other side of the room. Um, If you need to read, then just read from a book. Um, and then just get up as soon as you wake up to and try and get an light. You as were, well.
0: Sorry to butt in. You were talking about um, uh, a sleep diary uh, like a, or using your smartwatch as well. Just describe a bit about why that could be helpful.
1: So I think monitoring your sleep is a super important thing um, and that can help you to make sure that you're getting enough sleep each night and also the quality of your sleep. So that can be a useful tool for, for coaches and for athletes themselves to know um, their their sleep quality. So, things like Fitbits and smartwatches too can show you um, the type of sleep that you're getting, how many times you're waking up during the night, and things like that. So, it's super important.
0: What about uh, the topic that we did touch on a little bit before about maybe coaches putting sleep as an important factor over and above recovery? Would you accept that as a premise?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think sleep is so important for for recovery and we know that it's one of the best forms of recovery for athletes so if we need to not necessarily get rid of um, those early morning um, recovery sessions but kind of move them to a bit later on in the day maybe say 2 p.m. or even the night straight after a game um, just so we're getting that recovery but also allowing
2: athletes to sleep when they need to as well. I think that's really fascinating and and what you've highlighted there for me are four really important points. If you're in a club right now listening, understand that sleep and mental health are inextricably linked. You cannot have one without the other. Uh, The second point there is creating a really nice sleep environment. I'm going home tonight and I'm going to try for one night, just for one night, to see if I can create a sleep environment. It's going to be my phone, my what do you call it before? My my fancy phone? I'm going to try and move yeah, that.
0: Yeah, you are, you are a phone snob, I think would be the term that I would describe you as, Sam.
2: It's not that fantastic, but it is a new phone. Um, number three, schedule your recovery. Schedule your recovery if you have to have it, but allow sleep first. I think that's what you're saying here, Ashley. Yep. And number four, monitoring. You mentioned about the smartphones. So you want to elaborate just a little bit more on what monitoring can look like. What if you don't have a smartphone or a, or a, a smartwatch as an example? What things could you do just to help I guess, assess your sleeping patterns. I think a sleep diary is just a nice, simple thing. Just each night
1: record the time you went to bed, the time you think you approximately went to sleep, and also the time you got up, and just record that over a week or two. Just see whether the timing of your sleep is regular. So you're getting regular sleep patterns, kind of same bedtime every night, same wake time every morning. And I think that's a useful tool to, to make sure you're getting the right amount of sleep. Brilliant.
0: My wife has a saying, sleep is for the week. She believes that staying up to two o'clock in the morning working and then getting up at six o'clock in the morning again is a healthy approach to life. She will be getting played the episode, uh, this episode of our podcast. Ash Montero, really interesting stuff. Good luck with Onkaparingas this year. Go very well. Thank and thanks you. for joining us on Beyond the Club. Thanks for having me. So that's a wrap on this episode of Beyond the Club. A big thank you to our young PhD student, Ash Montero, and the information that he has shared. You can access the resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes or by heading to our webpage, flinders.edu.au forward slash shape. I'm Sam Elliott on Twitter. I'm Ben Hook one on Twitter. And of course, Beyond the Club is on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. You name the social media platform you can find Beyond the Club there. Thanks to our crew in the Flinders Good Vibe Factory. Our producer is Shana Knowles. Our music has been created by Ben Watson. And our wonderful artwork, big thank you to Alicia Menzel. Wonderful episode that. Hope to see you again next time at Beyond the Club.